the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. This morning, Kettering, I want to invite your attention to Psalm 34. Beginning at verse 15, if you have your Bible with you, and you should. The word of the Lord reads as follows. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are upon their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near those who have a broken heart and save such as have a contrite spirit. Father in heaven, we honor you this morning and thank you for your grace. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your word. Spirit of the living God, I'm praying even now that you would bring all things together. That your word might be clear in this place. That through the preaching of the gospel, if someone doesn't know you, God, they would come to know you today in a very personal and intimate way. Spirit of the Lord, I'm leaning and depending on you that you might use this vessel of clay to speak forth your word. That your name would get all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. Let the words, God, of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Several weeks ago, we began a series of messages entitled Prayer Power. We began this journey in Matthew chapter 6, speaking from the topic, the outline for prayer. We looked at Jesus's outline for prayer, which we commonly call the Lord's Prayer. Then The last we were together, we were in Isaiah chapter 38, and in Isaiah chapter 38, we shared from the idea and invitation to prayer as we looked at Hezekiah, and in that text of Isaiah, we saw God's invitation to prayer with a warning. God had said to Hezekiah, Hezekiah, get your house in order, for you're going to die and not live. Then secondly, we saw God listens to prayer as Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and wept to God. God was listening attentively. And then thirdly, we saw God's responded to prayer with overwhelming compassion for God not only allowed Hezekiah 15 more years, but God said, Hezekiah, I'm not only going to give you 15 more years, but I'm going to bless all the things that you're concerned about. 
I want to make sure that I keep the city and I'm going to protect the city and I'm going to defend all of the enemies that you have. And so on this morning, as we continue to dig into this subject matter, prayer power, this particular psalm is a psalm of David where David is believed to be fleeing the king Abimelech. It is at this time that David while he's fleeing, learns a lot about God and a lot about communicating with God. So as he pins this psalm of his experience, I want to delve into a portion of it here and see what God can speak to us about prayer in regards to this subject matter. Because in this specific segment of the 34th division of Psalm, I get to see God's posture towards man as it relates to prayer. But not only that, I get to see that God's posture towards man's prayer is directly associated with man's position that he has with God. So I want to talk to you on this morning from the subject matter, God's posture for man's prayer. First and foremost, as we look at verse 15, it says, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. The first idea I want you to see about God's posture to the prayers that you send up is that he is visually alert. God is watching. God is attentive to you. His eyes are on you like a mother watching her child on a dangerous playground. And the good news is, as God is watching you, he's waiting and watching, but he has this watchful posture over the righteous, and there's no blind spots in God's watching of you. In other words, there's no place, there's nowhere you can be where God cannot see you. And in fact, Second Chronicles chapter 16 says, the eyes of the Lord are moving to and fro, and they're moving throughout the earth to show himself strong on the behalf of those who are loyal to him. God doesn't miss anything as it relates to his eyes seeing the righteous. I'm trying to help us to understand he's got a posture of visual alertness towards your prayer. Secondly, here in the text, he goes on to say that not only are the eyes of the Lord on the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. God is, first of all, visually alert to the righteous, but secondly, he's audibly attentive to the righteous. In other words, God is listening for you. His ears are open to the cries of the righteous. In addition to eyes that see, our God is a God who also has ears that can hear. His ears are not clogged up. They're not stopped up. They're not stoned up or wooded up like some other little gods that folk have carved into wooden images or out of stone. No, our God is a living God with ears that really work and they can and they do hear the cries of his children. He's audibly alert to your cries. He's listening to your cries. He's attentive to your cries. He's tuned in to your frequency and your sound when you cry out. He's like a parent who knows the cry of his child. In other words, there could be seven children in the nursery, but when your child cries, somehow you know that's my child. God is not distracted by other noise and other children's noise. No, he's audibly attentive to hear from you. 
He's tuned in to you. He knows. His ears are open. He's available to hear from you when you cry. And he's positioned himself. He's poised himself. He's patiently waiting to hear from his children. That's the posture that God has towards you as it relates to prayer. Here's the trouble with most of us. Most of us figure we can handle it ourselves. We wait till it gets real bad before we call on the Lord. Matter of fact, we come up with all kind of plans and schemes and devices to fix it before we call on God. But I just want you to understand that God is audibly attentive and waiting for you to cry out to him. You don't have to wait till it gets real bad to call out to your God. He's positioned himself to wait for you to call out and say, help me. So he is visually alert to the righteous. He's audibly attentive to the righteous. But uh, as we move into this passage a little deeper, we find a contrasting verse here stuck in the middle. Verse 16 says, the face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. Notice in the context of this poetic psalm, David moves from eyes to ears to face. He says, the face of God is not for evil, but the face of God, which is representative of the whole presence, the entire power, the entire manifestation, all the energy of God is against the evil, the evil one. He does not want to hear from those who live evil lives. God makes it real clear in the scripture that even in Proverbs chapter 28, he says of the prayers of the wicked that the prayers of the wicked and the evil are an abomination to him. They're a detestable act to him. God is not interested in hearing the cries of the wicked. He's turned his face away from them. He's turned his whole attention away from them. He's turned all of his energy away from them. And watch this, not just so that he won't hear them, but he ultimately, David says, he's turned his face away that he might remove the very remembrance of them from the earth. This is a violent picture of the, the hand of God or the face of God, the power of God. The, his posture is not just against them to ignore them, but his posture is in position to wipe out their remembrance from the earth. Now, I don't know where you are this morning, but if you find yourself walking in the shoes of the righteous so far, you know that God is visually alert and audibly attentive. But if you're walking in the shoes of the evil one, you now understand that God is not your friend. Amen. You are at odds with God. God has turned his back on you, his power away from you, his intentions away from you so that he can wipe out your very presence from the earth. The posture of God as it relates to man moves from being visually alert and audibly attentive, violently against, to verse 17. It says, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is responsively active to the righteous. His posture is that he wants to respond. When the righteous cry out, we're reminded here that our God is audibly attentive. He hears their cries, but his posture is not just to hear. He's in position to respond to what they have need of. I don't know where you are this morning, but if you have any need at all, and you've got a God who has all the power in the world, and he's ready to respond to your need, why wouldn't you seek his face? What would keep you from laying your burdens before the power of a God who could take care of and who's waiting to take care of every need that you possibly have? He wants to respond. 
He's anxious to respond. He's positioned to respond. He's postured to respond to you. What I like about our God is, and I know sometimes we feel like God is not listening and God is not responding. But if we are in the camp of the righteous, the text says that God not only is listening, but he's ready to respond to us. And like I said, I'm trying to help you out of your rut this morning. I want you to know God not only wants to respond, but in some cases he is responding. Lord, help me here. I know you can't see it yet. And in other cases, he's already responded, but the manifestation of his response is yet coming and you just haven't experienced it yet. But God is responsive to the needs of his children. Verse 17, when the righteous crowd, he hears... And he delivers them out of all their trouble. God is a deliverer. God will bring you out of your trouble. But what it didn't say, that you won't have to go through no trouble. He will bring you out of your trouble, but the text didn't say he'll lift you out of your trouble. He says it'll bring you out of your trouble. So sometimes the way in which you come out of trouble is you have to go all the way through the trouble. Lord, help me here. I know you don't want to go through nothing, but going through something is going to help you in the long run because God is going to use the through to help your faith. But he's going to bring you out. Somebody needs to preach to themselves and tell yourself, this is going to pass. God will bring me out. He's positioned himself. He's ready to respond to bring you out of your problem. Not just some of the problems. My text says, all their troubles. God is postured to bring you out of all your troubles. All you need to do is call on him. All you need to do is have a conversation with him, talk to him, because he's waiting, he's watching. Before you tell him the trouble, he already knows you have the trouble. How does he know that, Pastor? Because he's visually alert to you. He's watching you all the time. So he saw you get in the trouble. And he hears you struggling through the trouble because he's audibly alert to you. And then when you cry out, he's responsive. He wants to act on your behalf. And when the righteous cry out, the Lord responds and he delivers them out of all their troubles. Let me say this as it relates to our prayer power and our prayer life. Some of our prayer is better because of trouble. Whoo! Some of you learn how to pray in trouble. Lord, help me. You used to sit on the sideline and say, I don't know how to pray. I can't pray like deacon so-and-so. And then you got in some trouble and you learned how to open up your mouth. You learned how to call on the name of the Lord. You learned how to cry out before God. You learned how to say, Lord, I need you now. I'm trying to help somebody right here. Because sometimes the trouble that we're going through is just a vehicle God is using to increase our conversation. And so he's going to bring you out of all of your trouble. God is responsively active to the righteous as it relates to their prayer. That's his posture. He's postured to respond. He's postured to be responsively active to their cries. Finally, verse 18 says, the Lord is near those who have a broken heart. And saves such as have a contrite spirit. The Lord, as it relates to his posture in towards man's prayer, is visually alert to the righteous, audibly attentive to the righteous, violently against the evil, responsibly active to the righteous. But finally, he is closely accessible to the repentant. 
God is close. He's nearby. He's, he's around. He has close proximity. He's available. He's accessible to those who have a broken heart towards sin. Those whose heart is broken as a result of what they've done in violation to God's standard. Those whose heart is torn because they come to the realization that the life that I'm living is not pleasing to God and their heart is broken towards God. God is waiting. God is positioned. He's close by. He's accessible to that person who's repentant. He saves them, the text says. He's close to them, those that have a repentant heart. And he saves such as have a contrite spirit. A contrite spirit is a repented spirit. To have a changed mind about the way you've been going. The Lord is close to those who have a changed heart about their life. What I love about this, as much as God has turned his face away from those who are evil, those who are repentant, he's close by. He's waiting for those who have a repented heart, to just say, I'm sorry. Those who have a broken heart about the life they're living, broken heart about the sin that they're committing, and he's waiting and he's positioned and he's poised. His posture is, I'm nearby. All you need to do is call me. As bad as your life seems, and as horrible the sin that you've committed, God still is nearby waiting for you to repent. Some folk in their worst situation, they feel like, God will not hear me. He's not interested in me. God will not respond to me. But I want you to know God is nearby waiting for a repentant heart, waiting for you to turn away from sin, waiting for you to give your heart and your life to him. He's nearby. He's close. He's accessible. You don't have to go catch a bus and a plane and a train. No, he's close by. What I love about this, because there's all kinds of people that want to make it hard. Well, you know, you got to do this and you got to do that and you got to do this and you got to do that. And then when you do this, then you got to do that and you got to do it in this order. No, it ain't all that. God said, I'm just nearby. I'm waiting. Just call on my name. Just cry out to me. I'm waiting to save you from your sin sick condition. I'm in position to save you. He saves those who have a contrite spirit, who are repentant of heart. His posture towards the repentant people is that of being closely accessible. He is not far away. He's not a distant God. He's a humble, repentant prayer away from saving you from your mess that you're in. All you need to do is move your heart to a place that you're willing to turn away from the sin and accept God himself. Watch this. When man was in the garden, before early part of Genesis, this was before sin, God and man used to have these conversations in the garden in the cool of the day. God would come down, and man, God would have these conversations in the cool of the day. They would commune and communicate and, in essence, have prayer time together. But after sin came in, the Bible says man was hiding from God when God called for communication. When God showed up in the cool of the day and he was calling out, Adam, the Bible says he was hiding from the prayer time. Lord, help us. And some of us are still hiding from the prayer time. God is calling you to prayer time, and we're hiding from the prayer time because of our sin. But God is still waiting for us to turn back to him. And I want you to understand something about prayer. God is so interested in having a conversation with you and I that he came all the way from heaven, took off his royal clothes, wrapped himself up in mortal flesh, 
lived 33 years without sin, died on an old rugged cross, was buried in a borrowed tomb, rose again on the third day with all power in his hand to reconcile man to God so that he could have conversation with you. He drew near to us so that we could draw near to him. He gave his very life so that you and I could have a conversation with him. Because prior to this, man and God were distantly separated. And it was blood of bulls and goats and lambs and turtle doves. And Hebrews says all of that could not satisfy man's sinful situation. But Jesus came and gave his life so that God and man could be in communion once again. God came to reconcile the mess that sin put us in. And he wants to have that conversation with us. He died so he could talk to you. And even now, for some who are in a sinful place, God is dying to hear from you. Pastor, what does God want to hear from me? I'm a mess. My life is tore up from the floor up. He just wants you to say, I repent of my sin. I place my faith in you. I surrender my all to you. I accept you as my Lord and my God. That's all he's after. God's not after no big parade. No, he just wants your surrender. He wants you to acknowledge you can't do this by yourself. And he'll take care of the rest. That's all he's after. That's why he's near the repentant. That's why he's waiting for you. That's why he's postured there for you. And even after you're born again, even after you're declared righteous by the blood of the Lamb, even after you've been washed in the blood of the crucified one, even then God is just wanting to have conversation with his children. Because, watch this, there's power in prayer. And it is prayer that will bring you through. I don't know if you've ever been through anything, but as they used to say, keep on living if you haven't. Because sooner or later, you're going to get to a place where nobody can help you but God. And you'll learn how to call on the name of the Lord. And it's unfortunate that we have to wait until times like that to find out how powerful our God is. And I'm trying to help you. To understand that God can handle your little problems. You don't have to wait till you have a big one. We've got a God that can handle the little stuff. Even something as simple as getting a front row parking space. Amen. Father in heaven, thank you for your word today. Thank you for just opening up this scripture to us. I'm praying even now, God, that you've spoken to the hearts, the minds, and the ears of those that are in this place. That they might hear and understand that you love them and that you want to talk to them. And that there's power in communication with you. For you, God, alone are the God of all salvation. Perhaps someone here today, God, is on the wicked side, the evil side, that your face is against, that your, your whole energy is against, that your, your plan is to wipe out them from the very remembrance. But today, God, because of Jesus, 
you're already poised you're already positioned to hear from them you're close to them you're waiting for them to respond in repentance lord god and i'm praying if there's anyone here today god that does not know you as lord and savior of their life that today would be the day that they come repenting and saying lord i'm sorry for the sin in my life i apologize i'm turning my heart away from sin i no longer have a desire to live a life that's displeasing to you so spirit of the lord have your way in this place for that one that's going through trouble today. I pray, God, that they would come and have a conversation with you as well, to talk to you, to lay their burdens before you, to trust you, God, with their trouble, and to realize and understand that you're going to bring them out of this. You will do it. You said it even here in your word. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. So, Father, bring your children out of their afflictions today. Bring them through. Bring them out. Bring them over. Give them grace as they go through. But Lord, provoke them to have more conversation with you in prayer. It's in Jesus' name I pray and I thank you. Amen. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together and we invite you to join us for one of our spirit-filled worship services Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new edifice, called the Legacy Center, located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence.